Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, uh, what's up? I wanted to say to everybody, we'll start the, the show with a fun uh, little thing. I got a calendar for Christmas, Sean, of life hacks. Okay. Every day, I get a different life hack. All right. So I'll read the one for today. All right. When you sign up for something online, enter the website's name as your middle name. That way, when you receive spam emails, you will know who sold your information. Oh, that's clever. That's that's the best one I've gotten so far. That's really good. I like yeah, it. So That's a really well, good one. Free tip out there for nice. all of you. That's a good hack. Great hack. Yeah. One of my favorite life hacks I ever got was uh, that it's okay to steal stuff from like the Salvation Army store because they didn't pay for it. there you go (laughs) so uh welcome everybody to another week in the crazy world of curling as we move ahead towards what we think will be the scotty's tournament of hearts as scheduled in thunder bay the olympics will take place whether or not canada has a mixed doubles representative there is still up for debate apparently and uh, Briar spots are starting to be accounted for as well. So we want to talk about all the goings on this week in the world of curling. Because, Scott, it is kind of crazy out there right now. Yeah, there's a lot of debate. Uh, Twitter's not happy. Shot. No matter no matter what. I think your bold prediction from last week, Sean, that somebody will be mad at a decision by Curling Canada is already true. And they haven't even made a decision. Already true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah you know uh talk about the wild card sort of cropped up today uh, oh we should have three again because some people couldn't participate in playdowns and the... so yeah we're, we're here to sort of uh talk about it all try to figure out like where we stand on everything yeah so let's start with what actually had happened uh, this weekend in the world of curling, we had a bunch of provincial playdowns take place. Let's take this geographically and start out west in British Columbia. Let's start on the women's side, where a very familiar name will be heading back to the Scotties, representing a not-so-familiar province for her, as Marianne Arsenault comes through British Columbia and beats Kayla McMillan in the final. Kayla McMillan's only loss of the week comes mm-hmm. in the final to Marianne Arsenault. She had won the one-two game between the two. Sarah Wark and Corinne Brown, past champions, were in the three-four game out there in British Columbia. Marianne Arsenault, of course, this fall represented British Columbia at the Canadian Senior Championship. So this is not her first time representing British Columbia overall, but it will be first time for her representing BC at the Scotties in her 15th appearance at the National Championship. Scott, that is quite a run for Marianne Arsenault. Of course, all those great years with Colleen Jones and now uh, a skip that you don't see her on tour a lot, but in the past when she's been there as Team Nova Scotia, in the past five years, she's made really good deep runs into this event and, and not a team that can be overlooked. Yeah, and Sean, when she played in Nova Scotia, it was was going with uh, a relatively younger team. Yeah. Uh, this time it's not just her that's making a return to the Scottish Sean. It's the rest of her team. Uh, yeah. we got Gina Schrader, Sasha Carter, and Renee Simons that's coming right. back. That was of course, Kelly Scott's team that won back to back Canadian championships in 2007 and eight, six and seven. Anyway, uh, I think it was five so, and six actually. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, around that time, yeah. uh, you know, it was a while ago. They're two-time champions. They're very good. Two-time champions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, really good event they had. Uh, they lost to Team McMillan in the round robin. I guess it was a round robin, eh? Or was it a triple? No, it was a triple knockout. Yeah, it was. ABC. So, uh, so yeah, they lost to them on the A-side game. Then lost to them again in the page 1-2 came back and beat Sarah Wark in the semis and managed to put those demons behind them. Uh, the young 
team, Caleb McMillan. Uh, I think they're in their early 20s. So, uh, you know, just breaking into the women's scene. Uh, great week for them. Obviously, like the only loss was in the final. Yeah, not bad. They, maybe they can, you know, write to Tracy Fleury and ask how it feels. <laughs> but uh, just uh, a, good, a good week for them. But the experience prevailed at the end of the day. Yeah, so congratulations to Marianne Arsenault and her team. It'll be fun to see them back at Escotty's. Over on the men's side, we had Jeff Richard and his team winning in the final against Paul Checky and his team from the island. I, I was watching some of the broadcasts, Scott. They love just calling them the Islanders the whole yeah. day. Uh, so it was kind of cool uh, for Paul Checky and his team. They also go through undefeated come out of the a side and then uh sadly for them they lose the final after having also won the one two game against jeff richard so mm-hmm. uh, apparently winning the one two game not good uh, in british not, columbia not, not, not so not, good not what no. you want to see and, and that young team i shot I, I i'm looking at their their lineup i feel like i played against at least two of them when I lived out there in the, in the super league, I, when they were juniors. Okay. So, uh, so it's not that it's not that young of a team. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I wasn't a junior when I played juniors. It it was when I lived in Victoria. Sure. Okay. So, and, and like, yeah, I I remember us losing (laughs) to them. So, you know, uh, a a good team, a good week. Uh, yeah. obviously we've seen Jim Carter come out of BC the last, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Uh, nice to see a new face. I think we both predicted it would be a new face. Although, although I guess not such a new face, uh, in Jim Richard. Richard. Yeah. But, uh, Tyler Tardy was the one that we were all expecting to come out, but, uh, wasn't able to get through Brent Pierce is throwing. He was throwing the fourth rocks when I was watching. Okay. Uh, I, yes, he was. Yeah, so uh, Brent Pierce, of course, uh, won the Canadian Championship with Greg McCauley back in 2000. Yep. Uh, and a very good curler in his own right. Jeff Richard, we've seen there before. So, you know, uh, I, not the result that we expected, but uh, it's not surprising that this team won. Yeah, that's why they play the game, Scott. He's going to see who wins. Uh, it can't just be given to you. So uh, you mentioned Tyler Tardy. He lost to Jim Cotter in the 3-4 game, and then Jim Cotter lost the semi to Jeff Richard, Tyler Tardy, Jim Cotter. That was the final back in 2019, the last time we had a, or excuse me, in 2020, the last time we had a BC Provincial Championship played. So British Columbia is accounted for on the men's and the women's side, as is Alberta. Again, let's start with the women, where Laura Walker, comes through she finishes first through the round robin gets a spot right to the final beats casey scheidegger who overcame kelsey rock in the final so laura walker on a last rock draw to win the game six to five she is going to her third consecutive scotties but scott you thought this game wasn't as crisp and as clean as you might have expected from two teams that are that good yeah team scheidegger was so good all week and then uh, they seemed a bit unsure of themselves. I'm, I'm thinking specifically the seventh end when they had hammer and uh, they were down one, I think. And Casey was very much, they were peeling guards. Walker had one like in the back of the house and they were just throwing up center guards and they were peeling, peeling. And, and Scheidegger felt like, no, I want to peel the guard because I'm okay taking one. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That, and that so, and they me... were sorry, and they were actually tied at that point. It was a three-three game at that point. Yes, I'm looking at the line score now. Yeah. You're right, three-three tie. So, to me, that was a bit of a mismanagement. They had a chance with Carrie Ann's last to go behind the guard, try to make a push to get two. Uh, to me, in the seventh end, you want to either blank or score two. Playing the peel that she decided to play with Carrie Ann's last left them only two shots or two, two rocks to try and score two points, uh, which is really tough against a team as good as Laura Walker. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like that call. Uh, Walker comes back, gets her two in the eighth, which ends up you know being the difference. Uh, and then when they're trying to trying to steal in the ninth, Carrie Ann missed 
I think she threw one right through. Uh, so and maybe she missed appeal in the ninth too. Like it was just uh, not the level that I, I was expecting given what I'd watched all week. Right. And of course these were available all week on, on YouTube, which was great. Absolutely. Uh, super fun that these events are available. And then that was broadcast yesterday by Sportsnet uh, as well. Yes. The, uh, I, the- I had it on my phone while I was watching football at the right. same time. So. Yeah. So uh, if, you, and if you look at the standings too, uh, there was a clear separation over the course of the week. Seven game round robin with the eight teams. Walker, Scheidegger, and Rock all finish six and one. And yeah. uh, everyone else, it- no one better at three and four. So it, it really was clear that those were the three best teams. Over the course of the week, a little surprise, maybe Selena Sturme down there at two and five. She's somebody who has represented Canada at the university level before, a uh, strong player. But going into the week, you might have said those are the three top. Yeah, yeah. And at the on the last draw, uh, it was Kelsey Rock got a three-bagger in the 10th to beat Casey Scheidegger. Uh, I was watching that game, and then I went to get dinner, and... It ended <laughs> and, and I sort of thought, okay, well, she's got it in hand, right? Like right. she was up two. Scheidinger was up two uh, in the 10th right? With, without, but uh, you, you don't really expect a three there. So, and that cost them the, the buy straight to the final, right? They yep. were six and oh at that point. Yep. And the loss dropped them down and went to a last stone draw tiebreaker, which Laura Walker's team had the advantage for. And yeah. there you go. You have to play an extra game, a little more, a little t- more tired. Who knows? Makes so, it harder uh, for sure. I think we could point to that as maybe the turning point. Yeah, the as they all did split against each other. So uh, yeah. So congratulations to Laura Walker. As I said, making her third straight appearance at Scotty's, and she definitely improved from year two from year one. See if she can make another jump here in year number three. Over on the men's side, the Boston Pizza Cup, which was played without the normal Boston pizza symbols everywhere, which I'm not upset about. Uh, You have (laughs) another familiar face heading back to the Briar. Kevin Cooey comes through. He was first through the round robin, beats Jeremy Hardy in the 1-2 game, and Jeremy Hardy goes on to lose to Ted Appleman, who has a pretty good game with Kevin Cooey, but cannot pull it out. Ted Appleman, a guy who I got to say, like I root for him to win one of these. Uh, he, he's there all the time. He, he can play tough. If he was in a different province, he probably would have been there already. Uh, but a, a, a guy who, when, when you see him in this event, no one's in, he's not an easy out. He's really making everybody work. Uh, but Kevin Cooey is uh, Kevin Cooey and those guys will be heading back to the Briar, they will be the home team once we get to March. Yeah, yeah, the home team for Team Kui. Really, the 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 team I was looking at this uh, whole week was Jeremy Hardy. Uh, they, I think they were the best team other than Kui in the field. I'm looking at their uh, games that they won. Yeah, they won their first by five, their next by five, the next by six, and uh, against Carson Sturme, they won by six as well. So their only loss in, you know, going through the A, the A side, they lost to Cooey and then came through the B side, yep. lost the, lost the one, two to Cooey and then lost to Appleman, like you said. So they were beating everybody else, like very handily. And if you want to talk about beating other teams handily, <laughs> Kevin Cooey five and oh, yeah. uh, through this event, I think that they scored like, they scored a lot. Let's see. It, 15, it was, 24, 34. They scored 42 points. 42, and they gave up 14. It's so pretty like good. It's pretty 12 good. points a game for versus four against. Like You're going to win a lot pretty, like that. So, you know, without the Botcher team in the field, this was clearly like the the thing. This was Cooey's to lose. Uh, so much so that Morris and Hebert uh, did some announcing on the women's side when <laughs> when they weren't playing. <laughs> Uh, because they, you know, won the A side. So yeah, they got some time to kill. Had to sit around for a while. So, yeah, yeah no surprises here. No, me. no. I mean, good on Ted Appleman. He came through the C side. Uh, more teams are there, the men's in Alberta, than in the women's, which is why it's ABC, whereas the women mm-hmm. played a round robin. So, mm-hmm. for Appleman to come through the C side, good job by him. He lost to Carson Sturmey twice during the 
uh, ABC, lost to him in the A side, lost him in the B side, then beat him in the playoffs. So good job there by Ted Offman. Good week for Carson Sturme to make it to the playoffs there. Those are probably the four teams going into the week that you would have thought would have been there at the end into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's the team who you would have thought would win. So Alberto, once again, will be represented by Kevin Cooey. And the last big provincial championship that took place over the course of the weekend happened in Saskatchewan, where the Viterra Scotties were taking place. And sets and Saskatchewan, once again, holds down the fort as the best streaming province in the country. And this time we see a bit of a surprising result, perhaps, as Penny Barker beats Chelsea Carey in the final. Once again, the only game Team Carey lost during the course of the week was to Penny Barker in the final. But hey, those are the rules. You got to win that final. So Penny Barker will be Team Saskatchewan. Uh, Robin Silvernagel and Amber Holland round out the playoff field with Amber Holland knocking Robin Silvernagel out and then losing to Penny Barker in that semifinal. Scott, this is really fun. I like Penny Barker. Uh, I'm a fan of hers. Uh, they, they have some experience. It'll be fun to see how they can hold up in this field as now that it is is taking shape uh, for who will be there. I don't know if they'll be considered a main threat, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see them look up Friday morning and they they got a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, some rookies, I think, on this team. Christy Gamble, I believe. Uh, I believe Megan, our, who plays with us, said that she played with her at McGill. That's right. Um, back in the day, not too long ago. Um, and <laughs> Also so, not a young player. <laughs> so pretty fun for for her to be going. You know, I think, Sean, did you want to watch Chelsea Carey represent Saskatchewan at the Scotties? It didn't bother me. I, I wanted to because I wanted to see Chelsea Carey in FU mode uh, <laughs> of like – okay, I'll go find a team. I'll go find a province that I can win in. Yeah. And, you know, like she did dominate the whole week. At, but, you know, they say it in, in football, Sean, when two division rivals play each other in the playoffs, you know, it's really hard to go 3-0. and yeah. And she beat Penny Barker the first two times they played. It's really hard to go 3-0. and And they had a pretty sloppy game, I, I think from my perspective, sitting on my couch. You know, they gave up a steal in the first end. This is the Chelsea Carey against Rachel Holman in the 2017 gotta Olympic stay. trials. Gotta get can't can't uh, give up a steal in the first end. Yep. Comes back, gets her two, but gave a relatively easy two back in the third, then steals in the fourth and the fifth. It just, it's not, it wasn't going to get it done yesterday. Yeah. They're missing too many draws heavy, not curling enough. It's too bad because they did have such a great week, but just didn't didn't have their feet under them yesterday. Yeah, and the the criticism, if there is a criticism of Chelsea Carey, is or, or the question I think maybe a better way to phrase it about Chelsea Carey has always been big games and what what happens to her in big games, which sounds weird as somebody who's won two Scotties that you would have that <laughs> right. question, but hasn't had great runs at the two world championships that she's been to for a long time, getting out of Manitoba. She had that Mike McEwen thing going on for a while that couldn't get out of Manitoba uh, for, for a long time and was there and on the precipice and then finally made it through in 2014 for the first time. So you, you just kind of wonder th those are the questions. And I, I, I gotta be honest at Chelsea Carey at this point in her career is the, as a provincial final considered a big game for her. I mean, it's, it's not, mm -hmm. not a big game, but, I mean, she's she's done it all. Uh, so so I don't know. But but that is something that has kind of plagued her potentially or maybe plagued the way people look at her. Maybe a, a better way to phrase it. Uh, and, and she's talked too. like she's at her best when her mind is clear and she's just playing the game. And yeah. so, so you wonder if, if a moment creeps in and it sort of clouds her thoughts a little bit because she's a, she's a great player when she's just playing and just execute like she is so good. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk about Saskatchewan maybe not having the success that we'd expect at the national level. Yeah. But Sean, this was a great field this week. You know, you yeah. add this Chelsea Carey uh, rink in, of course, some players that we're familiar with uh, on her squad. But uh, Robin Silvernagel and Amber Holland, you mentioned, played in the 3-4. Mm -hmm. uh, Silvernagel beat Ashley Howard 
in that uh, C side qualifier and yep. Amber Holland beat Sherry Anderson. So those two teams, pretty great. Yeah. Michelle Englott's uh, there. She's been team Canada. She's number one, but yeah. she has been team Canada before. Uh, so you, you're looking at, and yeah, we love Sherry Anderson uh, as always, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah, this is a good field for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good field. So no shame. Nope. In the loss, but uh, would have been nice to see Chelsea carry there. I think maybe we maybe we would talk about this now. Yeah. I think their team might now be in a position to earn that second wild card spot. It is certainly possible. So let's uh, just run through what else was announced. Then we'll get to who's available for the wild card. So uh, everyone else who has not played yet, they have announced. Uh, on the women's side, not not on the men's side. So yes. if we go through, PEI announced Suzanne Burt. She's going back to the Scotties for the 437th time. Uh, New Brunswick, it'll be Andrea Crawford going back. Uh, Quebec, as boldly predicted, uh, Laurie St-Georges gets the call there. Krista McCarville will be the home team on the assumption that it still takes place in Thunder Bay. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, it's Sarah Hill who will be making a return appearance to the Scotties and no surprise in the Northwest territories that Kerry Galusha was selected. The selection that garnered the most attention though, over the course of the weekend was Carly Ontario announced that Rachel Homan might go if she's not selected for the mixed doubles. If Rachel Homan is selected, then it will be Holly Duncan and her team representing Ontario. Uh, Team Homan did have some funny tweets about this, about, you know, essentially they don't know how they're supposed to feel about this. Uh, so kind of, yeah. kind of entertaining, but that is the field. So the, the, the field is set with the teams who are going to be representing a province in the territory. And then of course, Carrie Anderson as Team Canada. Now, as we sit right now, Curling Canada has said it will be the 16 team format that does leave one wildcard spot. Tracy Fleury has a spot. She's the top ranked CTRS team. There's absolutely no discussion about that. If she wants to go, they are of course welcome to decline the invitation to the wildcard game. Uh, but that spot is spoken for. The other spot is not so much as spoken for. Laura Walker winning makes it a little more complicated. If Laura Walker had just lost yesterday and let mm-hmm. Scheidegger win the game, it would have been a lot more clear. It just would have been Walker against Fleury. But with Laura Walker winning the debate or the question right now is who will get that spot heading into the weekend. Uh, it would have been Rachel Homan's team in next in line for the wildcard game, followed by Holly Duncan. But after the points from this weekend, Chelsea Carey's team would be the team that would go based on current standing. So the question is what will curling Canada's cutoff be for the points on the CTRS system? And how are they going to make that decision? Scott, what do you think Curling Canada should do? And does it make that much of a difference in terms of the integrity of the event? So I'm, I'm looking at the CTRS points on Curling Canada site right now. Mm-hmm. And right now, Holly Duncan is still ahead of Chelsea Carey. Yes. So have they not... No, this was done. No, this this was done by. I, I, and forgive me because I I don't remember who it was, but somebody uploaded or updated the CTRS points based off what would be awarded uh, from the provincials. Okay, so it's just someone on Twitter, and again, my apologies for not uh, remembering who that is. We'll see if I can find it. Okay, so I I do see points awarded based on the Vateria Saskatchewan Scotties for okay. Chelsea Carey. So. Looking looking at this, if Rachel Holman gets selected for the mixed doubles, yeah, and then her team doesn't get to play, Correct. which I think is I think is kind of bullshit because it's not just her on the team. <laughs> so presumably they're out. They're not even in the discussion for the wild card berth. Correct. <laughs> they're out. Uh, okay, but that doesn't seem fair to me. Okay. But so they're out. Holly Duncan is now Ontario. Chelsea Carey goes to play Tracy Fleury in the wildcard game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seems straightforward, it, doesn't it? Yeah, but isn't that stupid that one person not being available on the team means that the whole team is DQ'd? Like, no. So here, here's why I'm okay with this. Is uh, it because her, her portion of the points? So, yeah. So for Curl Ontario, that they put that in their announcement that 
if you took Rachel Holman's portion of the points away, it, it doesn't matter who you put in her place that Holly Duncan's team would have more points of the four players who would be on the two respective squads. So that doesn't bother me like at all. Like it doesn't bother me in, in the slightest. Now, some people did say, well, you know, last year Tracy Fleury was out and they brought in Chelsea Carey. What about that? Or, Oh, what if it had been Joanne Courtney who went, would you take away a quarter of the points from team Holman mm-hmm. and then have Holly Duncan go? And here's the thing, Scott, I think why people are upset is that curling Ontario just said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> like that's it it's the skip the skip is the most important player and yeah. yeah if the skip's not there you are very unlikely to have a chance to win and, and very unlike and you're going to be less competitive and I, i'm sorry that that is bad for the three other players of the team and it is and i i will fully acknowledge that in this scenario if rachel holman does get selected that emma miskew joe and courtney and sarah wilkes get hosed no question and Ali Flaxy too they announced Ali Flaxy would be the fifth player they get hosed no question about it but the skip is the most important player and as Brad Gushu said to me when I asked why is it the same teams over and over again winning Briars and and such he says because we're the best skips and Mm -hmm. he's right so you know Rachel the team is very good but the team as we've seen is really only going to go as far as the skip will take you. If the skip is terrible, with the exception of our team, apparently, Scott, uh, <laughs> you can't win games. Seriously, I just think they said the quiet part out loud. And that's what happened. And and it it's not fair. I'm not going to say that it's fair, but I understand it. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so I guess uh, Curling Canada is still thinking uh, about what to do. Like, yes. So I, Sean, I watched that curling show from last week. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually watch that curling show, but I thought, Hey, I'll, I'll give it a look. Uh, we've always said that we can't wait for Chelsea Carey to be a broadcaster because she's amazing and was amazing in her interview, mm-hmm. uh, on that curling show talking about how the mixed doubles got canceled and what should the decision be? Do you have any idea why they're sitting on this for so long? I don't know, but my guess, my best guess would be that they, it does have to be approved in part through the COC. Uh, They do have to get all the paperwork done. Uh, The players certainly have to agree and then the quarantine requirements and all that has to be done. So a part of me wonders if they're just waiting to make the announcement until like it's firm and that the, the players might know already. Now, Devin Haru tweeted today that he is, he is can confirm that the players don't know yet, but the players could also just lie to him when he asks, like, like it's possible. Right. Uh, but he's, he's a good reporter. So I'll, I'll trust that that is not the case that uh, the players don't yet know uh, who it's going to be. And that's kind of a bummer, but, but that's all I can think of is that those, those hurdles that wouldn't exist if you had an actual play down if you had teams playing because there's no debate at that point they won they go yeah now you have maybe potentially extra steps to go through that's the only thing i can think of uh with with that side of it the other thing is maybe jeff stoughton is actually just going to pick himself and just be like what the hell with it i've got of course it's not gonna happen but uh, so I, i honestly don't know they should make the decision they should make the announcement and just deal with the rage that is going to come to them because it doesn't matter who they could, who they pick really. Yeah. It, it really doesn't matter. Like there, there's just nobody who you could pick. It could be Sandra Schmirler and Don Duguid, and people would be like, no. So, you know, whatever it is, you're going to, whatever flack you're going to get from it, just sort of take it and just make the decision. Yeah. And I, I well, I'm going to go back to what Chelsea Carey said that, the the trials are not far enough in front of the Olympics. For for the mixed doubles, it seems obvious to me. I think I've pushed back a bit on moving the team trials earlier in the season just because the summertime there's less ice to practice and to be in full form, right? But they could do it and sort of put the athletes in a better position of knowing that they're going to go 
being able to get over the shock of it and then be in the right position to be able to perform when they get there. You know, there, yeah. there is like, there is something to the psychology of, holy crap, we just accomplished our dream that we've been working four years for. Yeah. And now like you, you sort of crash and then yeah. you've got to get back up to, to, to perform again in like six weeks. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> really no hard. Question. Yeah. No question. And then you get a situation like this where, you know, it's postponed. It was already late. Yeah. People, if you're going to be going to China, you already have to be not doing anything because apparently you go outside and catch COVID like, <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. So if the players at the top of the, the, the rankings, they're, they need to like take steps now. They, yeah. they don't have the luxury of waiting for curling Canada to make the decision. They've got to start prepping now as if they're going and then if they get the word they're not, well, then they've just wasted a week and a half, two weeks, right? Yeah. Well, the the other potential thing that could be happening is that again they've they've informed maybe two teams or and they're saying all right, prepare for it, and maybe by waiting till the last possible date, you get everyone tested, then and then okay, now oh somebody popped a positive test, all right, the other team is going, but that could be part of it too. That why make the decision now, submit all the paperwork, and then if somebody gets a positive test, you don't have a team at all. Like maybe that's part of the psychology of this too. I'm not saying that's right, uh, and I'm not saying that's what's going on, but potentially that could be part of the scenario as well. Uh, If they're doing that, they're like obviously running a terrible organization for (laughs) amateur sports. I, I, that's that that would be terrible. It would be suboptimal. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, who do you think should go? Everyone's weighed in on this. Who do you think should go? Oh, well, part of me thinks you have Canadian mixed doubles rankings. Yeah. Why do you have them if you don't use them? Okay. So how would you use them? Well, that Curling Canada said if you're playing in the four person, you're not eligible. Yeah. Go down the list. And then it's. Terrell so, Griffith and Nancy Martin. I think I, I genuinely think there there are multiple teams who have a legitimate claim to want to go. Uh, Carrie Anderson, I think, has a legitimate claim to say, "Hey, I should be able to pick another partner and, and go." Defending national champion, I, I get to go. I think Peterman Glant should say, "It's your rule. Change the damn rule. We're going anyway. Uh, we're the best team. We're your best chance to win a medal." I'm not saying that that's true. I'm saying that that's what they should say. Let us do it. Uh, the, I think they have a legitimate claim. It's Curling Canada's rule. Curling Canada can change it. It's not hard. Uh, you, I think you do have a legit case, the Griffin and Martin saying, hey, these are the rules that were laid down, that if you had somebody playing in the four-person that couldn't play in the mixed doubles, go by the list, we're next, we get to go. And then I genuinely think that John Morris and Rachel Holman have a case, more so because John Morris is the defending champion in this particular event and can say, hey, I've won the gold medal in this before. I'm going to go win it again, uh, so let me do that. Like those are the teams that I would say have a legitimate case. Oh wait, sorry, no, there's one more because I think Sahidic and Lot have a legitimate case too. As the runners up, the last time there was a national champion, a uh, national championship, they were the runners up. If it was a world championship situation, they would be the ones who were going because the team who won couldn't go. So Sahidic and Lot have a legit case as well. So then it, we're openly just admitting that these rankings don't mean anything. Yeah, basically. So then, so then you, you sort of like lose all credibility or what little credibility I think you had, you, you just lose it all. I, do you, I, well, I don't think you lose any credibility by going on the games that were played. Like by saying to Sahidic and Lot, all right, this is how we would have done the world championship. If, if Brad Gushu after the game was walking off, twisted his ankle, hit the, the boards, twisted his ankle, couldn't play in the world championship. So Heideck and Lot would have gone. It wouldn't have been, well, all right, let's go to the CTRS uh, mixed doubles rankings and see who's next. No, the team that was the runner-up would have gone. So last time we had a national championship, they're the team that was the runner-up. Like, I don't think that's an illegitimate claim at all. No, it's not an illegitimate claim, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, if you're going to have these rankings, use them. <laughs> that's, that's, like, you put them in place for a reason. And if you're not going to use them, then nothing matters. And 
then pick anybody, right? Like then the whole, the whole process of playing in mixed doubles, it's not, not even important. Well, no, but what you're picking from, so here's why I, I would pick Sahidic in line. Me, if it was me in charge, I'd pick Sahidic in line. Uh, and this is something I want to talk about more in regards to the Briar and the Scotties in minute two. It's because the game's on the ice. Like, who won the games? Right? I don't care about chasing points. I, I really don't. I, I don't think it takes that much skill to chase points. Uh, I, I want to see people who win. Uh, go out there and win. And so, me, I would let Gushu do it. I would let Gushu and Anderson do it, if I'm being honest. So, like, that that's actually what I would do. And then if they said, okay, no, we're actually going to follow the rules that we have and not come up with like a cleverly worded press release to change those, then I would have Sahidic and Lotko. Again, because the last time everyone was on the ice playing against each other, they were the team who you who would go based on this rule. So again, that's what I would but, do. But like the the national championship yeah. wasn't the trials qualifier. No, but there wasn't a trials qualifier. So the the, the people who are current, I, I I would send who is currently Team Canada, Gushu, Anderson, go. Brad Gushu, you can do it. It's not that hard. Yeah, you sweep a little bit, but then you're going to stand around for 10 days. Like, it's come on. Like, mentally, it, it would be difficult, no no doubt. Yeah. But that that's why I would do, because they won. They won. So, again, in an injury scenario, the team that would have gone to the World Championship is the runner-up. Boom. Runner up, go. You are the de facto Team Canada. It's like in Miss America where they're like, oh, if she cannot fulfill her duties for whatever reason, the runner up will assume the position. That's how I would deal with it. Well, okay. I I disagree. Okay. Now, that leads to a larger discussion that is going on right now, Scott. Relative to the Briar and the Scotties, there seems to be a sentiment that they should expand the field and go back to three wildcard teams. Because the point scenarios, the point situations are not equitable with the Ontario shutdown, with not every province running a provincial or territorial championship, there's a sense that it'd be more equitable to have three teams selected from the CTRS points system and use the format they used last year. What is your thought about that idea? Do it. I liked having uh, three wildcard teams last year. I think it was a mistake to go back to just one. So I say do it. Okay. Uh, here's why you're wrong. Tell me. I like the old format. Uh, and if you want to get rid of Team Canada, I'm fine with that too. But I like a national championship. And I like the way this works because if you're not there in a normal year, it means you lost to somebody yep. who is there. So don't complain about anything. You lost. You had a chance and you lost. Yes, you can make an argument that each qualifier isn't necessarily equal, but you know what? Neither is every qualifier for the NCAA basketball tournament or the U.S. Open Golf Mm -hmm. Tournament. Beat who's in front of you. And if you didn't, you're done. You didn't win. That's it. It's over. And I'm okay with that. So if you want to have... The wild card game, I'm okay with the one wild card game because again, at least you won something to get there. Uh, and Team Canada, fine, won the year before. So everybody there has won something. It's not a case of you went and you made some playoffs at a bunch of events, maybe a semifinal, maybe lost the final. Like you can be in the national championship without winning anything. That kind of bothers me. So I don't like the idea of going to three for that reason. The other th- reason that I wouldn't go to three is that teams that lost are going to get those spots. If it's this argument about equity of everybody should have a chance to go, then the guys from Alberta who just lost to Kevin Cooey, they shouldn't get to go. They had a chance and they didn't win. The people in Saskatchewan who, as far as we know, are going to play the men's, whatever they call the, the Saskatchewan one, If you don't win, you don't get to go. If they want to add two more teams, and I tweeted this, give them to players who didn't have a chance. Give them to the Holly Duncans of the world. That, okay, I'm fine with. But having spots go to teams who lose, I'm not okay with. So if we're going to expand it, then expand it to teams who had their chance taken away from them. And also get off my lawn. (laughs) Old man yells at cloud. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, Sean, I, I get that for sure. And last year was the case, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody got a chance to play. If you want to give it to the teams that, you know, it's only in places where they canceled the championships. Fine. But like, you're telling me you wouldn't want to see Tyler Tardy at the event. Like, no, he I, lost. He lost. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of you earn your way there by winning something. That's what I like. You know, it, 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 and I'll be honest, it does kind of bother me sometimes when I look at, say, again, if I can make a reference to the NCAA basketball tournament, I would like it if only teams that win their conference championship are able to play. Because if you didn't win the conference championship, you can win the national. No, like it's a progression here. So you got to win something. That's what I like. Uh, about the national championship. And I don't want that to change. And this idea of giving younger teams a, an opportunity to, to go, to learn the ropes of Briar and Scotty's and, and it is valuable experience. I'm not going to argue that it's valuable experience to go to learn. Look at Brendan Botcher is the most recent example of this the team went first time. They were not good. Uh, come back and, and get better and better. And, and there's value in that. Gushu, mm-hmm. his career is a testament to the value of experience and going over and over again. But they also won stuff to get there. They mm-hmm. won their way there. It wasn't given to them based off of points. To me, the most equitable way to fill out a field for a national championship is to say, anybody can sign up, go play. And whoever comes out of the regions wins. That to me is the most equitable. It's not giving spots to teams who played in a bunch of cash fields over the course of the winter. Okay. So let's, let's like take a a view of that and go through the list and see who would make it in a three team field that was only awarded to provinces that didn't play. Okay. I like this. Okay. So no, I, I would, the two additional spots. If we're making a change for this year, I would say it's the two additional spots. So Tracy Fleury still gets to go? Yeah, Tracy Fleury will play against somebody. So so I pulled it up too. So uh, the world rankings with the Saskatchewan and Alberta Scotties, Chelsea Carey is ahead of Rachel Holman and Holly Duncan. Okay. Uh, So yeah, so as it would sit right now, it would be Tracy Fleury playing against uh, Chelsea Carey in a wild card game. That, okay, I'm fine. Right. But in, in say the other world where the, these two extra spots. Yeah. So that's one spot. To... That's one spot. So okay. then two more. Yeah. I'm so scrolling. I'm... Rachel Holman oh. and Holly Duncan. Yeah. We'll, get... well, somebody, one of those two is going to be Ontario. Okay. So who's next then? So who's next? Next, I got uh, Zacharias, Kelsey Rock. Krista McCarville is going to be there. Scheidegger, Galusha, Corinne Brown lost. Christy Watling lost. Christina Black will go. Amber Holland lost. Penny Barker lost. Andrea Crawford's going. Selena Sturme lost. Caitlin Jones lost. Robin Silvernagel lost. Lauren Mann. All right. Congratulations, Lauren Mann. You are my wild card team. That's great. A local Ottawa team. I like it. <laughs> uh, people are going to accuse us now of being too Ontario-centric. Well, you know... Uh, that's just the way it is right yeah. uh, everybody out west uh, got to play yeah that's true so yeah so it would come down as you say there to lauren man uh who else uh who would even be after that if we added like more spots if i added more danielle inglis yeah danielle inglis would be next ontario all right this really is an ontario plan isn't it <laughs> oh man yeah so that we can have it happen right because people uh who hail from saskatchewan will say why does ontario have so many, so many teams? teams yeah no one was so mad when manitoba had teams uh, all those years uh, yeah. um on the men's side now obviously we don't know what will happen in some of these provinces but in that scenario let me just check has has scott do we know has quebec declared on the men's side no, no. they're still hoping to run their event in february all right, so if we look at the men's side, 
Uh, Gushu, we don't know what's going to happen uh, out there in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, Brad Jacobs, well, I'm going to assume that if they can't play it right now, that event is just postponed. But if they can't play it, Jacobs goes. Kui won. Uh, Glenn Howard would be a spot if there's no Ontario play down. Um, mm-hmm. Then where else would we go? Of where might not there be an event? Jonathan Buke. Oh, this really is an Ontario plan, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Fournier. Fournier might get that third one. Yeah. If if Ontario goes to Howard, then we've got Epping next, Jonathan Buke. We'd yeah. go to Michael Fournier. All right. So it's not a great plan for regional <laughs> diversity, but I, I think the principle that I have holds well enough that win, just win, just go and win. That's what I want. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Win the games. From, from the skip who has won six in a row right. on our Monday league. I haven't lost uh, in over just, two months, baby. Just go and win. Just there go you go. win the game. You play to win the game. Like, and so, and, and you know, I've seen it a bunch online today of people saying, oh, it should just be a permanent change of three teams. I, I don't think it should be because it doesn't serve. People say it'll, it'll help the young teams. No, it won't. It'll help the established teams who are in provinces that are harder to get out of. And it makes it less important to win a provincial championship. It makes it easier to get there. And I don't like that. I don't like playoff expansion in football. I don't like playoff expansion in baseball, in hockey, and in basketball. It's too much. Like It has to be meaningful to get there. And I think that, and this isn't me trying to be protective of the provincial or territorial championships, even though I do enjoy them. It's not, I don't have the same motivation as the member associations have, which obviously they have a vested financial interest in it. I have the interest in, I want the national championship to remain a, or at least the sense of an accessible national championship, kind of an open championship that. You can't duck anybody. And you know what? No one's ducking a team in the B at the Ottawa Curling Club who might want to sign up for the regional playdowns. Like no no one's ducking them, but you mm-hmm. still have to play them. And yeah. that's what I like about it. Uh, it, it. It is very much still an open championship, at least in principle. And the more we get towards wild cards, the less it, or, or the further it moves away from that. And the other thing too, I got to say, last year... It made it too long, the 18 teams. It was only two extra draws. It was too many. And by the time you got to Thursday, with only three playoff spots available, a, a bunch of the teams in the championship pool didn't have a chance before we played a game in the championship pool. So it, I kind of felt it diluted or ruined a little bit of the end game of the week by only having space for the three playoff teams. Yeah, that's a fair point. The three playoff teams is not not ideal. Yeah. Uh, so if nothing else, we'll go back to that. Okay. Let's go back to the page. Love the page. And Sean, we saw a bunch of these uh, provincial championships be uh, triple knockouts to a four-team page. Yeah. Hey, uh, Grand Slam of Curling. It's not that hard, guys. You can do it. I have faith Boom. in you. You can still get four Wait. games on the ice at once. Yeah, you can still do it, it out. around the figure ice it coverage. It's possible. All right, Scott, yeah. anything else? I feel better now after having kind of ranted about that. Okay, good. Well, uh, I, I'm glad you feel better. Um, <laughs> I think we should just, uh, you know, maybe state that it doesn't really matter who they pick. Like, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> life will be fine. Life is fine. Life will, life will move on. It's just sports. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hopefully everybody gets the chance to watch their preferred curlers play either at the Olympics or at a national championship. And hopefully we get curling on our TVs. That's the most important thing. That's right. The entertainment value of curling. I mean, the health, the health and well-being of everybody, but yeah. hopefully we're able to, to have an event. Right. Other than the obvious main concerns. <laughs> yeah. The main concern is uh, from the, uh, the entertainment side that we have. And uh, we'll have to see what happens as it sits right now in the province of Ontario. Uh, the Scotties, I, I don't know if they'd be allowed to go under the current rules, but the current rules are set to expire before the Scotties. So we'll have to see what happens in the province here if the 
provincial government extends the current shutdown rules. There is an exception for high performance athletes with the specific proviso of those going to the Olympics. So I, I don't know what they would do. I, you know, predicting what this provincial government's going to do uh, is kind of like predicting which way a squirrel is going to run. It's like, you just, you just don't know. <laughs> you never know. No. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. So keep uh, tabs. Uh, we'll, we'll update things on social media as we go along. So do follow along at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And head on over to GameofStonesPod.com where you can find all of our past episodes. Head on over to the merch tab as well. You can find everything there with all proceeds going to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation and Food Banks Canada. And we, of course, are matching those donations. And if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is. You get your podcast, you likes, rating, comments, all that good stuff. And, of course, if you think I'm an idiot for my take on the Canadian National Curling Championships, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com or on social media. Let me know why you think I am incorrect on that. Or you think I'm right. You can reach out too. It'd be fun. But usually people yeah. just want to say you're an idiot. So, you know, that's what I expect. Eh, fair. All right, so uh, that will do it for this week. Uh, lots of news out there, we, so we appreciate you listening and following along here. Uh, this went longer than I expected, Scott, I got to say. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. But, uh, oh, it's fun. Fun to talk. Yeah, so in the next few weeks, we are going to start to lean in to the Olympic Games. We've got some stuff in the hopper, and we will be getting set for all the fun and frivolity that is scheduled to take place in Beijing Next month, of course, we have the Scotties scheduled to take place before then. So uh, do follow along. It should be a very fun ride over the next six weeks or so. So we'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.